the, the unique thing about mining is that as you advance, you drill, blast, and the process um, you know, unfolds in, in any kind of mine, is that it's a dynamic organism and that you have to advance, you have to maintain. Is COVID-19 the silver bullet that will spare on the fourth industrial revolution in mining? How important is data in this new game of mining? Hi, I'm Vuisam Fobo of Mining Review Africa, and welcome to a special modernization in mining podcast series. In this episode, senior editor Gerard Peter chats to Jamie von Schwar, CEO of Dwaika Mining Services, about the future of mining, what it entails, and what its challenges are. Let's join the conversation. Jamie, thank you for joining us today. Let's get straight into it. Is COVID-19 the silver bullet that will finally get the industry to fully embrace technology? Thanks, Gerard, and thanks for having me on uh, the show. Um, I think it's, a, it's an interesting question. It's one we've been throwing around, obviously, internally and then with clients as well. I think globally, if we look at what COVID-19 has done, um, there's two things that come to mind to answer that question. One, it's been hugely disruptive, um, and that you can see by the impact of you know, OEM supply chains of technology flow, um, stifle development, et cetera, people being out of the workforce. And just on a high level, a, a lot of distraction. So uh, a, lo- a locally impacted supply chain, um, clients that couldn't get back to work. So I think disruption and distraction are two words that come to mind um, around what COVID-19 has done. But yeah, we often discuss that, and I think there are a couple of takeaways around COVID-19 and how it's hit technology and mining, or as we call MinTech, uh, is that you're going to have to do more with less. Um, and I think this need to embrace technology uh, less people, uh, high expectations, more safely, is going to support technology adoption. Um, and perhaps probably more in the medium term because people are still, still wrestling with the realities of COVID. But on the compliance side as well, um, and CapEx pressures, I, well, you know, the, the contrary to that is that uh, it's impacted budgets and planning. You know, people probably hadn't expected to spend this much on sanitization um, of their minds and you know, reworking workflows and safety protocols. But, uh, and it's probably diverted some of the new technology spend that was allocating budgets. But um, so, yeah, so it was that, it's that knife edge around having the money to pay for it and then also having to do more with less. My personal view um, is that it, uh, COVID has accelerated technology adoption, probably in, you know, from a, what we see as a three, you know, our, our sales cycles are long, sometimes 18 to 24 months. And um, I think it's accelerated there some of the adoption uh, timelines from five to three years, um, and specifically around three core things, in my view. Um, one, a huge focus on connected worker and safety, uh, occupational health, and I think that's fundamentally going to change in, in mining. South Africa specifically a, a very labor-intensive mining community, um, as opposed to a lot of tech, uh, the trackless adoption um, on the continent. So I think that's going to be big. I think on the on the site offsite, so um, you're going to see a lot of embracing of um, IoT um, technologies and visualization for people to be able to access um, site uh, data, um, visuals on site, um, because you just cannot access uh, and you probably won't be accessing site as frequently as we used to um, and had the privilege to. And then um, I think it's highlighted that uh, technology adoption still requires people. I mean, we we're a platform that that uh, procures tech, uh, delivers tech. And um, although we do our best to do so remotely um, from the, you know, embedding it and adopting it, what we're finding, and I suppose it's, it supports this, um, this incorrect narrative that, you know, tech's going to take jobs, is that you still need people 
um, to help with technology adoption. So, yeah, from an embracing perspective, I think there's there's a, certainly a, been an interesting time. But yeah, I think it's it just accelerated technology adoption in mining. Now, you touch on the fact that the South African mining industry is very labor-intensive. Do you feel that there's a resistance to adopt technology because of the perception that machines will replace manpower? Yeah, I, I don't even think it's a, a local or South African um, challenge. I think it's a global challenge. And I think it's uh, what we're finding is that we, we, you know, in our business, we have a huge human plus machine focus. And, um, and I say plus because... You cannot do the one without the other. The um, depending on the application and the the challenge that you you're trying to um, to splice between human and machine, uh, and the involvement uh, differs. And what we're finding is is this top-down approach of you know having to adopt something for the sake of it, certainly out the door, and a more collaborative approach around the the how we do it, and this change management around why we're doing it. Um, yeah, leading towards more of the how is becoming a huge, huge part of technology that doesn't just sit on the shelf, but rather is actually making a positive impact to everyone in that continuum um, when, when the technology is embedded. So, yeah, I think it's, a, it's not a local challenge. It's a, a global challenge, and it's, it's one that's done through you know, continuous collaboration, continuous training, uh, continuous acknowledgement of, of human worth and the reason that technology should be augmenting human effort, not um, replacing it. Now, Jamie, I suppose this is where your company's expertise comes in. Now, there's a lot of different types of technologies such as AI, VR, automation. How does a company determine which is best for them? You know, if I was able to answer that question, then I'd uh, give all my competitors a, a big insight into <laughs> to how we do it. But I mean, on a high level and, you know, and, and touching on that is that We've, we're finding this space is that we're collaborating um, more more than we ever did um, because client is king and they have full sight of everything. Um, you know, with a click of a button, you could see our competitors' um, views on the lines we carry. And we're increasingly doing more integration work between our competitors um, with, a, with, you know, with the ultimate objective that our client wins. So, yeah, we, we're playing in a very interesting space where we have overlap, um, where we, we can't um, collaborate and where we can, we... We work very closely with our competitors, so it's, it actually is an interesting space, tongue in cheek. But I think it, it becomes a question of you know what technology is right for me now, what yeah. technology should I be exploring in the medium term, and then what is the end state. So we spend a lot of time in that, and now more recently we've we've uh, kind of got a um, a, um, a gap analysis where we really approach the digital health of an organisation, uh, and that's launching yeah. uh, with our website in the next couple of weeks. And really what we come in is, is try to unpack, um, you know, where like a, a doctor's check-in, you know, checking your blood pressure and relating that to something like your, your ventilation system. Um, if, you know, ventilation is about changes in pressures and how that dynamically changes in the environment. But if you went to the doctor and said, well, how's my blood pressure? You'd be able to quickly identify that that's a, a pain point and we'd be able to, to obviously have something to remedy that. Um, things like remote sensing, you know, checking your eyes, ears and, and nose to make sure that you're in a good bill of health is very similar to the infrastructure side of remote sensing, uh, gas monitoring, fire detection. Um, you know, these kind of things you can apply to the human body. And now we're applying that to the mind and it's providing quite a intuitive, um, uh, an intuitive platform or framework to evaluate where people are and where they need to be. 
and uh, it helps them to develop this roadmap. So this digitalization um, is is a journey, and it's certainly it takes a lot of preparation to get it onto a piece of paper, much like any strategy. But it's this it's I think the acknowledgement that it's not a, a short term solution. It's something that needs to be rejigged. Technology changes. I mean, some of the stuff we were doing three years ago is now has completely changed. So we it's something you have to be adept and it's something you have to revisit continuously. And it's something you have to, uh, I would, we would advocate that you revisit with your you know, entire organization with the impact that it has. Um, and this human plus machine is a big, big part of that. How, you know, how you implement it is um, what we touched on earlier. So, yeah, I think, um, you know, determining that is where you're at, we have clients that are in advanced stages of their digitalization journey. We have some that are, kind of just beginning we have some with huge aspirations but that need to solve you know the building blocks of a digital framework um, and often that rests with identifying the first the first port of call uh, and that's maybe addressing something like connectivity um, nothing happens unless in an underground mining space if you can get that piece of data to someone to make a decision uh, and that that line is is um, can be very long it can be a four kilometer mine um, and you need to get that you know, from a working face up the shaft all the way to the control room. Or it can be about connecting the worker in the same, on the same level with a voice over IP phone. So that, that does, it's, it's different, but it's the same. Um, we, we advocate connectivity or connecting people and assets as a, as a really a first step. Um, a first step. So yeah, so it, it, it varies. And um, we're seeing all these AI, VR, uh, automation, yeah. um, uh, applications come to the fore. There's some fantastic, exciting technologies, and we're invo involved yeah. with many of those. Um, but yeah, very much a building block and a roadmap approach is kind of what we advocate our clients to embark on. At Mining in Darba earlier this year, there was a lot of talk about 4IR in mining, and there's a huge push to have most African mines automated and digitized by 2015. However, connectivity is a big challenge in African mining. How do we overcome this? And I think it's a, it's a huge question. And I don't think it's a, an African or continental issue. It's a global issue. So we support yeah. um, countries like Master Digital Mind that are Canadian-based and in mm. discussions with many um, international brands trying to tackle the African market. And they're having similar or not the, if not the same challenges connecting minds globally. It's, this, um, it's not an easy solution. Um, and what we, we are increasingly seeing is that um, digitalization uh, requires connectivity as a critical lever. And without solving the connectivity side of it, it's, uh, it's really a difficult process to, to entertain. Um, I think from a mining perspective, and I look back at the mining in Darba um, release that we did uh, at that time, just <laughs> I thought that might come up. And yeah, connectivity was is front and center there as well, um, as was change management. And um, yeah. That, that I think we, we coined it, we're saying you need your connectivity solved as a ticket to participa participation in the fourth industrial revolution. Um, what we, you know, we've been integrating and connecting minds since then, since early February, through, um, through much of COVID as well, uh, either sourcing or deploying. And the same things that come up with us is that there's no cookie cutter approach to underground connectivity, or at least mine-wide connectivity, because you could solve underground connectivity, but you still need to have a proper platform on surface to be able to um, um, to aggregate that data and to get it somewhere where you can centralize and make decisions and store it. 
So this this no cookie cutter approach. Every mind is different. Every ore body is unique. Uh, all the peoples and skill sets are unique. So it really is uh, a mind by mind approach. So what uh, while the technology can be applicable, there's a lot of refine tuning and um, and um, intelligence that needs to come to the party when you are designing these networks. The other thing that we we're seeing is that it's it's a hybrid approach to the distribution of power and data. So it's not only having the the right um, data coming from places where you previously couldn't get it through connectivity solutions, wireless APs, uh, Wi-Fi, you know, advent of LTE, is that it's it's also you need to get to power those devices. So when you're dealing in a you know, high voltage environment and underground, you need to power low voltage DC uh, units. It's a it's another challenge. Um, so people think you've solved it when you can install an, an access point on the sidewall of a an underground mine. That's just the start because you need to articulate reliable, robust power to those units um, and get cabling because wireless only happens from the antenna, not just from the AP. Um, and then I think the other thing is that there's a lot of guesswork that happens in design. And because you, you know, you're only dealing specifically underground mining, we we focus our efforts, is that um, you're not competing with many channels. I mean there are, but you're underground in a tunnel, you're not competing with the guys in the in the uh, the canteen on their mobile phones generally. Um, but what does happen is that you we we advocate the removing of guesswork. So we are embracing systems like visualization heat maps for um, to identify where connectivity and channel coverage is strong, and and that's and that is a, that's a big step because you you, you uh, we see clients get sold um, systems and um, solutions, but then it isn't something that grows with them. The, the unique thing about mining is that as you advance. You drill, blast, and the process, um, you know, unfolds in, in any kind of uh, mine. Is that it's a dynamic organism, and that you have to advance, you have to maintain. You have fly rock hurtling across damaging infrastructure, um, so the infrastructure needs to be ready. So do the teams, and um, it, it's a unique. It's it's not a static uh, canteen Wi-Fi environment. It's something that's uh, organically growing, and you need to be adept at that. And the one thing that we see is that you have to obviously have the right technology, uh, and um, there are many technology vendors that would advocate theirs as being the best. Um, and I, I just don't think that there's this, this is hybrid approach. There's probably no one that can answer it all, and um, you know, the minds are going to have to adopt certain things to achieve certain outcomes. And um, then they're also going to have to have the teams. The one thing that we see, uh, and it's a huge a hurdle to digitalization, is obviously big, large minds operate yeah. uh, in spaces five by five. And I can't turn the light bulb on at five meters in the air. We need yeah. uh, lifting equipment. We need working at heights um, accreditations. So things like that, you need trained condition teams that have the resilience to operate in these rugged uh, industrial environments. So tech plus team in time zone is are, are big are big things in connectivity. I think coming back to the, the African question you had, that how do you, you roll these out? The the uh, analogy that African mines are uh, potentially backward on technology is, in many cases, an error. Um, we have some of the most advanced African uh, or advanced or at least the appetite is advanced for technology adoption, yeah. and we continuously seeing that. Um, and South Africa, in some respects, plays catch up in that, um, but. Um, we um, yeah we very we very positive and we very also very encouraged by the appetite of our clients to 
adopt the, the stepping stones of connectivity. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be a challenge that evolves. Um, and what we're seeing now in our own business is that while we're solving underground connectivity for our clients through some of the IP now that we've developed and you know, develop, rolling out over 10 African operations where there's success, is that surface is, uh, is the next frontier. So we bring this data up to you know, the mining portal or the shaft, and then our clients are saying, well, how do we, you know, how do we optimize this to get it back and backhaul it to our head office? And how do our head office staff that are no longer allowed on site uh, be connected from their sometimes their homes or their their satellite offices. Yeah. So you know we're bringing the mines um, mines data back into the comfort of our own homes, where obviously a lot of us have been playing through this COVID period. It's a it's a different yeah. uh, thing. My deployment teams are no longer just operating on mine sites. They um, yeah. they're mapping mapping workspaces where we need the connectivity again. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic space to be to be solving. It will never be the same. The new normal is business unusual. At Mining Review Africa, we want to partner with you to ensure that your brand is still visible in these unprecedented times. That's why we're offering you a bouquet of digital marketing choices to ensure that your company is still top of mind with your clients. This includes podcasts, partner profiles, videos, and webinars. Want to know more? Click on the Engage tab on miningreview.com today to find out how we can give you more bang for your digital buck. In an article you wrote for Mining Review Africa earlier this year, you mentioned the importance of data. Are we now in the business of mining for data rather than for commodities? So I, I have to borrow the statement. The, the CEO of Gold Corp stood up at Charles um, uh, at um, a year and a half ago or two years ago at Disrupt Mining. And he said, in the future, there will be no mining companies. They'll just be technology companies mining ore. Uh, wow. Or to that, I paraphrase, but I think that's, that's kind of the statement. And I've kind of taken that to heart and, and embraced it the last two years in, in my business, Dwyer. And um, yeah. I think that's that's where we we focus is that our ore body is is increasingly and has been uh, focused on the collection of um, great data, not good data where it can be subjected to things and it's not reliable and people can't measure it and etc. We we're after the great data, and great data requires great technology. It also requires great teams. So yeah, I think looking back um, at that. Data, a data-centric organization, which many of our clients are, uh, and many of, and some of our clients are you know, have the aspiration to to achieve, um, is that migration of you know drill and blast to maybe yeah. how do we get this this data to us, you know, data to other people we need to quicker. And there are many of our clients that are embarking on those journeys, and yeah, again, encouraged by um, the the appetite, and also encouraged by the way that they how quickly they're adopting some of these. Um, yeah, but certainly data a very big part of of any uh, of any technology adoption. Finally, Jamie, in your opinion, what are the trends that we will see going forward? Gerard, so I think the the way to answer that question. I mean, I was actually reading Anglo American released their, their future smart mining trends. Um, it was in July of last year, and I had a quick look at some of them. And I mean, a year yeah. ago, spatial data visualization, geographic information systems artificial intelligence, automated drones. And um, that was a year ago. And 
essentially somewhere at that time we were embarking on very a lot of those um, a lot of those trends as well. Maybe from my side and, and the view that we probably have in, in our business, um, we seeing we touched on connectivity as being the thing. It's still front and center for us, connecting workers and connecting assets um, to impact short inter- shorter interval control is a big big part of what we do, and I think that's something if you if you're not doing anything on mine site, that's something you should be um, aggressively uh, targeting. AI yeah. is something that um, from a technology trend is a huge buzzword. Um, we we talk, we call it differently. We don't like the word artificial intelligence. I think it, it's, um, yeah. the words uh, in, um, make you think of robots uh, taking over yeah. uh, the Terminator, you know, rise of the machines. We like yeah. to think of it as augmented intelligence. Um, and I think that's where we're going to see significant improvements in safety, getting people out of harm's way from repetitive tasks that where machines are actually going to be better suited to deliver that so that we can redirect those skills and, and the people side of managing these um, technologies into, into safer environments. Uh, I think on the AI side as well, preventative maintenance is a huge part of breakdowns is a huge part of where we go wrong in mining um, and sometimes a student incentivization structure or on how we achieve those. So I think AI is going to really uh, boost that and um, create a platform for change. We also see a huge option and trend towards visualization. Uh, and one of our key verticals at Dwight Mining Services is, is delivering uh, visualization from places you, you seemingly couldn't get it. It's easy to talk about things where you can see from surface into a pit. But if you're talking about yeah. a development end that's two and a half kilometers underground, it's dusty, it's dark, and it takes half a day to get to uh, because of breakdowns in personnel tracking and uh, at least transport. Being able to access that around a table with a meeting of the minds is hugely powerful. So we, we see yeah. this uh, adoption of point cloud uh, data collection and preparation and segmenting 3D point clouds um, uh, through the advent of uh, a release of our um, autonomous drones from Emerson, et cetera. There, there's a yeah. huge amount of um, value to be had from that, whether it's taking those point clouds and putting them into um, or point cloud data sets into augmented reality for training, for familiarization, for consultations that can happen globally so that people don't visit sites. Uh, again, that site off-site uh, capability that we were talking about earlier, um, virtual reality, et cetera. So that visualization thing is going to be a big, big trend um, in mining. Uh, yeah. And the next six to 12, and I think that's accelerating um, uh, rapidly. And then autonomous vehicles. Um, we obviously very involved with uh, autonomy. We launched uh, autonomy level yeah. two of our Emerson hover map last week, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, abandoned warehouse where we, we wowed the crowds. And it was, it was obviously very exciting and, and hugely rewarding to see that literally take off. But we're seeing that yeah. it's not just the drones that are going to be uh, affected and and with you know those those aren't going to be the only um, vehicles that we're going to be putting in, whether it's quadrupeds, robots, uh, trackless equipment, on the end of boom arms or telescopic sticks. We're seeing that this autonomous uh, capability, and then obviously the the um, the production side of autonomy is only going to be um, growing more quickly. And again, you need also a fundamental side of connectivity in many of those applications. So we come back to the building block we, we talked about earlier. Another aspect that we see uh, accelerating is the advent of battery or EV vehicles uh, and EV yeah. solutions, whether that's um, you know on vehicle or it's fixed. I think we're going to see a lot of that um, on surface and underground. 
Um, mm. and I think the the, uh, the cost of these batteries and uh, for storage and for strategic use is going to be an interesting one to watch. And then uh, on the renewable side, on surface sometimes, uh, but also impacting the underground mines that we, we serve. We, we work with a company called Solar, uh, the Solar Group, and um, increasingly a lot more work around decarbonizing um, mines. We are facing, I guess, you know, the, the long-term end goal is to is to try be as much have, have as much control on our own power and electrification and optimization as we can. And that I think will be internalizing the control of those assets on site, whether that's through you know, photovoltaics or you know, combination of hybrid storage um, mm. and um, things like hydrogen. I think those those discussions are happening, and uh, those are serious discussions happening now in many of our clients, and where we are, I think, learning from a lot of the utility scale projects and trying to. Uh, embed the the regulation and and get yeah. the regulator to participate in that because i think that is is a lot of benefit to be had um not just in south africa but africa where you know some of our mining clients are, are burning up to a million liters of diesel a month and um very very intensive on on underground mining operations where you've got pumping and ventilation and where a solution to mitigate that or to um, take the risk out of downtime or trips is a huge, huge aspect for our, our minds, trying to make up a lot of that backlog, specifically around COVID, where um, shared expectations that they need to catch up and, and get the tons out, is that I, I don't think we're going to be in a position where we can afford any kind of downtime. So, yeah, I think renewables is a big one. I think on just uh, on budgets and, and talking about finance, the other trend that we see is a movement towards subscription models. Um, so yeah. I think that's that's going to be an interesting one away from exclusive capex, and and following you know the the software side of of many of the things that we we currently use in a in a consumer environment, but I think it's going to start getting more heavily invested in the B two B. For instance, our drones now are uh, and our drone program from Emerson's is now available fully on a, on a subscription basis, so you can pay monthly, and you can have all that data at your fingertips instead of having to outlay the capital. So. Those kind of uh, opportunities, I think, are going to become more prevalent across technologies um, to 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 make it more accessible um, because of of I think of the economic um, constraints, and then maybe on, on closing, but and and certainly the most important side on trends is is the people side. I think yeah. what's what COVID has taught us in our own business, which I'm very proud to to know and know and have a team that has embraced that you know the MS Teams environment and jumping on calls and you know. Showing the respect on calls and um, and engaging with our clients is that I think what's going to happen is that the workforce and the way we work is fundamentally going to remain uh, remain changed from COVID. And I think in the mining environment, something I've seen in a personal basis is that I, before COVID, it was very difficult to 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 um, to get the same kind of response or the same kind of action following a Teams or a, a Zoom call. Um, before and now it's it's become a normal thing that we can make a big decision without having to to be on site to in person to do that. And I think if you just think about the the, the fundamental costs there involved around uh, carbon emissions, getting to and from sites, safety on roads, um, you know, there's certainly applications where we're definitely not going to avoid time on site, um, specifically around recce's and and using some technologies to 
to really record and, and, and capture those visualizations so we can, again, on the table, on the surface, in the control room, talk about those um, post the visit is that we can make good decisions based on, on virtual in virtual environments. So I think that's going to be very, very big. Um, remote training is going to be a big part of, 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 our, of the new toolkit. We, yeah. we, uh, we're doing our best to train remotely. It's, we miss that personal contact um, extremely. Um, but I yeah. think what's the, you know, the realities are is that we, we're probably going to have to get really good at being really good virtually. And it's just a, another another competency or capability that we, I think, we in my own business, but um, in the mining industry, are going to just have to be uh, have to develop those skills. And I, there's probably a lot of opportunity around that in, in technology adoption. Um, the other thing is is this is focus on health and, and wellness in mining. We mm. we get blinded by the drill and blast, um, get the production out, and while mines, to be honest, are probably pioneers and um, we have spent you know, millions on safety, personal wellness and, and do a great job. I think the focus is going to even be more highlighted uh, in, the, in the coming years around how do we, we look after our staff, whether it's, that's underground or on surface or at home. Um, you know, things come to mind like a vitality arrangement where we, you know, we're rewarding staff for, for, for good behavior and for, for looking after their wellness outside of work. So I, th I think things like that are going to start embedding in the mining space. Um, yeah, yeah, and then I think that kind of supports that connected worker and connected assets. So a mine's only as good as its as its best assets, and whether that's its people that it's training and um, you know using to uh, embed technology, or it's the um, the yellow machines that do the heavy lifting autonomously or teleremote or by driver. That uh, that connected. Uh, environment is, is, is certainly going to be the, the base case for, for digitalization and um, technology adoption. Jamie van Score, CEO of Dwyker Mining. As always, it's great speaking to you. And thank you for joining us today and thank you for your deep insights. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, look forward to the next, um, next review. Thank you for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe to our podcast on all popular platforms like Spotify and iOS. Until next time, goodbye.